invite you to open your Bible this morning to the book of Hosea chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3, that's in the Old Testament. If you're not quite sure where it is, you can just hit Psalms and, and then head towards the New Testament, and you'll make your way through Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, and you'll find Hosea right there tucked behind uh, Daniel. Hosea chapter 3. One of the most amazing stories in the Bible, incredible display of God's love for people who don't deserve it. Hosea chapter 3. Let's give our attention to God's word. The Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man, so will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word this morning. God in heaven, uh, thank you that your word is dynamic, mighty, It always accomplishes the task for which it was sent. And thank you that the Holy Spirit accompanies us now and uh, gives us the ability to see. Oh, Lord, illumine uh, this word to us. Illumine us so that with the eyes of faith we can see it, we can hear it, we can believe it. For, Lord, this is amazing news. So, Father God, we pray that our King Jesus would have his way by the power of the Holy Spirit here this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have uh, here in Hosea 3 one of the most painful, shameful, and embarrassing stories in the Bible. It's a painful story as we watch a good and godly man like Hosea suffer the humiliation and heartache of marriage to a harlot, an unfaithful wife. It's a shameful story. It's a story that we're not quite sure we ought to let the children hear. It's about a woman who slept with strange men and gave birth to illegitimate children, even though she was married to Hosea. It's an embarrassing story, as God uh, paints for us the nature of our own sin. It's a devastating and beautiful story, devastating to your pride, as we're brought face to face with a love that we don't deserve, that we could never pay back, and that will never let us go. So this morning we're going to look at this story of Hosea and Gomer. The title of my message is Redeeming Gomer, Redeeming Gomer. In order to understand the impact of chapter 3 here, we have to understand Hosea's historical context. Hosea is a great prophet, significant prophet. He is a contemporary of Isaiah and Amos and undoubtedly knew those men, uh, knew them well. He is a prophet to Israel in um, a time of great prosperity. Israel is doing well materially. They are uh, prospering as they never had since uh, King Solomon. But 
uh, in large part because of the prosperity, they also are engaged in great immorality. Uh, the northern ten tribes of Israel are uh, worshiping pagan gods of the pagan nations surrounding them. They're trusting in those gods to provide the material things that they want, that they think they need. And they had thus violated the most basic premise of their covenant with God. The basic principle of the covenant was, I will be a God to you and you will be my people. It was a marriage covenant in that sense of a pledge of, of fidelity and faithfulness and exclusivity. And Israel has violated that covenant. And so God uh, speaks to Hosea and has uh, Hosea live out in in full color, in vivid display, what Israel was in their sin, what would happen to them because of their sin, and what God would do to heal them of their sin. So in chapter 1, if you have your Bible open, you turn back a page with me, Hosea chapter 1. Look at verse 2. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Now you probably uh, have heard this story before. You might be used to this story, but if you, you stop for a moment, you quickly realize what a scandal this story really is. Hosea is a profoundly godly man. He's a prophet, a holy man, a man who is identified with God, a man to whom God speaks. In the Old Testament, that was a very few, uh, very few men to whom God spoke in this way. Someone that God is closely identified with. He is acknowledged by all to be a righteous, virtuous, upright, holy man of God. And, and then there's Gomer, because Gomer is absolutely at the opposite end of the moral and spiritual, spiritual spectrum. You cannot get farther away from where Hosea stands as a righteous man of God to, to where Gomer is, a prostitute in Israel, a woman who sold her beauty and her body to strange men so that she could get the material things that she wanted, thought she needed. If Hosea was identified with the things of heaven, then we know from the book of Proverbs that the steps of a prostitute, the steps of a gomer, lead straight to hell. And God commanded Hosea, his holy man, to marry Gomer, this wretchedly sinful woman. Remember a few weeks ago, we said that grace is often scandalous and misunderstood. Well, this marriage would certainly fit that category. Can you imagine what his family thought? Can you imagine the horror his mother, Hosea's mother, must have felt? His, what Hosea's friends would have said? Hosea, are you out of your mind? I thought you were a godly man. This woman is a prostitute. And you're going to tell me that God told you to go marry her? You think they're going to believe that? She's a prostitute. How can you possibly take this woman into your home, into your bed? She doesn't belong there. You don't belong with her. Hosea, I know she's beautiful, but she's a prostitute. You cannot marry a prostitute. There's no way they would have understood this. 
This marriage is so inappropriate that John Calvin, in his commentary, assures us that it didn't actually happen. Let me read you what he says. Calvin says, there is no doubt that this is a vision, for they are too gross in their notions. In other words, you have a perverse mind who think that the prophet married a woman who had been a harlot. It was then only a vision. Now, Calvin's a bright guy. I like Calvin. So why would he say something so patently foolish? Hosea had children with Gomer. You don't have children with visions. So why would he want to do that? What would move him to say that? Because it's a scandalous idea. It's a scandalous marriage. In the name of all that's good and holy, Hosea should not be in a marriage covenant with this sort of woman. What fellowship does light have with darkness? What partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness? This marriage is an outrage. It's an offense contrary to everything that is good and moral. Everyone knows this. So why does God have him do it? Well, the text tells us why. For the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. Who's Gomer? Gomer is Israel. Israel is Gomer. And God is married to her. God is married to a harlot. God is in covenant union with a whore. That's the point. That's exactly why God had Hosea marry Gomer. God has been faithful. He's been a faithful husband, but he's married to a faithless wife who commits spiritual adultery with every pagan god available, selling her worship to whichever idol she thinks could give her the material things that she wants. Israel is a whore, and she is God's wife. You see, you do not get off the morally perplexing hook by making this a vision, because if Hosea's marriage is scandalous, then what is God's marriage? It's a whole lot more perplexing and scandalous than Hosea's. What in the world is a thrice holy God doing in bed with a nation like Israel? That's the scandal. That's the offense. And the answer is found in chapter 3, where we see this loving, loving redemption. The Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who's loved by another man and is an adulteress. Go again. This is not the first time that Hosea's had to go look for Gomer. It was a troubled marriage almost from the beginning. They had a child, a son. That was a good sign, generally a sign of blessing from the Lord. But then they had two more children, and they were almost certainly not fathered by Hosea. How do we know that? Well, the text seems pretty clear. God said, take a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. And that seems to be exactly what has happened. When you read of the birth of Jezreel, their firstborn, we read that uh, Gomer conceived and bore him a son. The second two conceptions, it just says she conceived. They're not ascribed to Hosea in any way. And the names of the second two particularly are troubling. Lo, Hurama, their daughter, it means no pity, no mercy. And the, and the name of the third, the son, is devastating. Not my people. Can you imagine that? So when Hosea brings this son to be circumcised and, and the priests ask, what is his name? Hosea says, not mine. Not mine. 
What a humiliating thing for a prophet of God to say. But God says, go again. Go again and love this woman. Love this woman. I just want you to note the pleading love of God for, Jose, for, for, for Gomer, for his people, Israel. You see that if you have your Bible again, just look at chapter 2, verse 2. The marriage is in tatters. Uh, Israel will not listen to her husband, and so God sends the children in a sense. And maybe Hosea has done exactly this. But look at what, how God appeals in verse, chapter 2, 2. Plead with your mother. Plead. For she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. That Plead that she put away her whoring from her face and her adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and make her as the day she was born and make her like a wilderness and make her like a parched land and kill her with thirst. Plead with your mother. Plead with Israel. And that pleading you'll find throughout the book of Hosea, the, the amazing pleading love of God. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah, for your loyalty is like a morning cloud and like the dew which goes away early, Hosea 6.4. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel, Hosea 11, verse 8. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity, Hosea 14.1. Here's the living God, maker of heaven and earth, who's done nothing but good to Israel all of her days. And she's living like a harlot. She's living like a whore. She, she, she wants to be on the streets of this world. And God, the living God, is, is pleading with her. And God gives this amazing command to Hosea, go again and love this woman. Love her. Why? Because even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, that amazing? And so, and so Hosea, he goes again. Gomer is clearly once again not at home. Maybe she hasn't been home for quite a while. She's, she's back in the lifestyle in which he found her. Back home where Hosea has to go. Back to the wrong side of town. Back to the places where prostitutes do their business. Back to where godly men should not be seen. You think if it, it was humiliating the first time when Hosea went down as a single man, what would it be now, a, a married man, looking for your wife? Looking for your wife. If you thought his friends were scandalized by the marriage, what do you think they're saying now? After all that she's put him through? After all that she's done to you, Hosea, and now you're going to go make an idiot of yourself? You're going to go and, you're going to go and look after her, find her, seek her out, her again? You don't think she's going to do this to you again? Are you a fool? Have you lost your mind? But God commanded, and so Hosea goes, and he goes where godly men shouldn't go, and he has to ask the most humiliating questions, questions a godly husband should never have to ask strange men in that part of town. Have you seen my wife? Have you seen Gomer? I'm looking for my wife. Can you imagine Hosea in that part of town asking that question? And when he finds her, She's in bondage. She's a slave. Maybe in bondage to her pimp. She sold herself to someone. Maybe she sold herself to someone just to escape starving to death. 
Many think that Hosea found her on an auction block. An auction block is where slaves were sold. It was the most wretched, humiliating of scenes because slaves were sold naked. So prospective buyers could see what they were getting. That's what, har- what, what Gomer's harlotry had led her to. It's exactly what God had prophesied. Plead with your mother, chapter 2, 3, lest I strip her naked, make her as in the day she was born. 2, verse 10, I will uncover her, her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. That's what sin does. It's where unrepented idolatry will always lead you to nakedness, to exposure, to shame, to bondage, either in this life or the life to come. And so that's where Hosea goes, and that's where he finds his wife. She's naked, exposed, guilty, sold into slavery. Have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like you've been on the auction block, exposed, revealed to be a great, great sinner, covered with shame, covered with guilt, expecting nothing, deserving nothing but judgment? Have you been there? I hope you have, because that's where the miracles happen. That's where redemption takes place. Hosea buys Gomer for himself. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. I want you to to see how this text highlights the magnificence of Hosea's love and God's love through his. Note first that he's willing to buy her back. He goes to buy his own wife out of slavery. It's like Hosea, she already belongs to you. She's already yours by right. She's your possession by right, by covenant rights. Why should he have to spend half a year's wages to buy back what is already rightfully his? And why now when she's violated every vestige of the covenant? She's thrown her life away by pursuing lovers. She's proven herself beyond a shadow of a doubt to be unworthy of his love. And yet there he is to buy back his own wife. He's not there to judge her. He's not there to condemn her. Can you imagine what Gomer must have thought when she heard his voice? And then heard him bidding or making the offer to pay, to take her home. Why would he do that after everything that she'd done to him? And, and the, the, the answer comes screaming back from the text, go again and love a woman. You see... Hosea went for love's sake, willingly for love's sake, no matter what the the friends might say, no matter what the the men uh, who are down there at the auction block might might, might say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, what humiliation he has to endure. He loves Gomer. God has commanded him to love her, and he goes and he buys her. Do you understand this is the gospel? Why should God have to buy back what is rightfully his? He already owns you by virtue of creation. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He he deserves our, our absolute obedience. He deserves our worship, and we've thrown it all away, pursuing the idols of our heart, making mockery of the covenant, and yet God, in love, you see, is willing to come and buy us back at the cost of the blood of his own son. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Notice the price that he, Hosea pays here. It's interesting because, you see, the price of a slave was fixed in Levitical law. Leviticus 27.4, we're told that the, fee, the price for a female slave is fixed at 30 shekels. You didn't, in that sense, bid. You paid the price. 30 shekels. 
Well, Hosea pays that and more. He paid 15 shekels and then a homer of barley, and the price of a homer of barley is also fixed in Leviticus 27.16, and it's fixed at 50 50 shekels of silver. So we have 15 plus 50, and then he paid another half a homer. He's paying way too much, over double what he should have to pay. Why would he do that when the law fixed it at 30? Well, we're not told exactly why. But we know the effect of it. No one can dispute the purchase, can they? No one can dispute the purchase. No one can say that that she does not rightfully and fully belong to Homer. Nobody can say it wasn't enough. It wasn't sufficient. And can you imagine what that would communicate to Gomer? That even in all of her filth and all of her sin and all of her guilt and shame, her husband is willing to come and pay more than double the required amount. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And who shall not lay any charge that Gomer does not rightfully belong to her husband, does not rightfully belong to Homer? To Hosea. That's an amazing thing. What, a, what amazing love. And then notice the promise that he makes. Here's the covenant renewal in verse 3. He sa- I said to her, listen to what he says. This, this woman who's done all that she's done. He says, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. And so will I also be to you. So listen to a sermon by Judah Smith. And he read that. And he said, that's not what I would have said. It's not what I would have said. Because what what Hosea says is, I love you. I reclaim you as, as mine. I call you to covenant faithfulness. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. And I will be faithful to you. I will be faithful to you. He brings this woman back to the marriage, back to the marriage bed, back to full and complete communion with him, pledging love and faithfulness to her. And then he gives a prophecy. It says, The children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without effort or household gods, but afterward... Afterward, the children shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. There's going to be a time of suffering. There's going to be a time of captivity, a time when they don't have a king or a prince. They don't even have the temple. But, that, but, but their shame and their guilt and their sin is not the last word. There is an afterward. Praise God for this afterward. In the economy of God's grace, there's always an afterward for those who seek him. And in that afterward, Hosea prophesies there's going to be a new king who's going to reign over his people. And they will love him. They're going to have a new heart that is turned towards him. And they will come to the Lord to fear him. They will come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness. To his goodness. They will experience his favor, his blessing, his benediction, his kindness, his compassion, his love for the rest of their life. 
That's the afterward. That's what, that's what Gomer gets to experience as she's brought back home into the home, into the, the house of Hosea. She gets to experience the goodness of her husband and the goodness of God through that. But Hosea says, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there's another Hosea coming. Friends, who's Hosea? You know his name. It's Jesus. exactly the same Hebrew word. You think it's an accident that God chose the, the prophet named Jesus in the Old Testament? To go marry Gomer? <coughs> Jesus is my Hosea. Jesus is our Hosea. Well, who's Gomer? I am. You are. We are. And this is precisely what Jesus has done for us, friends. He's came, he came to us when we were lost in our sin, in our prostitution. He claimed us, brought us into covenant with himself, not when we were cleaned up, not when we were made morally pure, but when we, we were still in the grip, affair of our, the grip of our love affair with idols. That's when Jesus came. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. He came to the place of, of sin and judgment. He came to the auction block. And he was willing, in the face of great humiliation, to buy us back. Oh, the humiliation that Jesus was willing to endure, the shame of coming to his own and his own receive him not, being despised and rejected by men, the ones who he'd come to deliver and redeem. The shame of coming to the wrong side of the universe, the wrong side of the law, the wrong side of divine justice, in order to find us where we were and redeem us, buy us back, and bring us safely home to God. And he paid more than we were ever possibly worth. He paid more than we could ever repay. We've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So that no one can ever say that, that the payment was not sufficient and that we don't really belong to him. No one can ever lay, lay any charge to God's elect that the price has not been paid for your sin. It is God who justifies. And he does so on the basis of the perfect righteousness, the poured out blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Hosea, and Jesus has come for Gomer. Jesus has come for you. Yes, you, the morally compromised person, the person who has done more wickedness than you'd ever imagine it was possible for you to do. Jesus came for you. Do you remember when Jesus was on earth and the Pharisees and the scribes, they came and said, why do you keep hanging with these sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors? And he responded from the book of Hosea. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I've come for the sinners, not the righteous. I'm here for Gomer. I'm here for Gomer. Any Gomers here this morning that need to hear the voice of Jesus? You've sinned grievously You've offended everything that's good. You've violated your covenants. Maybe you're feeling exposed or maybe you're still hiding. But the truth is just as real. And you're Gomer all the way down to the bone. Friend, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came for you. He came for you. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend. 
God has sought you out in the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you this morning are burdened by guilt over past sin. Maybe some of you this morning are enslaved to present sin. The good news, friends, is just as real as Hosea going and buying his wife off that block and taking her home and making her his wife again. That is exactly what Jesus is willing to do for you. That's what he came to do. He came to wash away all the stain, to put a robe of righteousness over your naked body, to let you know that no matter what your past sins, God is pleased with you. God loves you in Jesus Christ. And if you are enslaved to sin this morning, the Lord pleads with you. He pleads with you. Turn, turn, O house of Israel. Why would you die? Why would you die? When such a gospel is proclaimed, when such a rescue is available, when such a redemption is possible, why would you stay in your sin? Confess it. Run to this Savior. Run to this Jesus. And for all of us, friends, this this gospel message, as we receive it, as we believe it, as we rejoice in it, That he does not deal with us now because of Jesus Christ. God does not deal with me according to my sin. He deals with me according to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God promises to you and to me to be a husband to us, to be faithful to us. And he's never once violated that promise. But friends, there's a world of gomers out there that need to hear. A whole world of them. A people lost and broken and in bondage and they don't know how to get out. And they're, they're convinced they've done, too, they've done too much and they've gone too far. Or maybe they don't even see their sin yet and they just need the word of God applied to their lives so they can, they can see the truth of their condition. But, but we have the message. We have the good news. And we're called to go then to the gomers of this world with this incredible good news. Hosea's here. Hosea has come to buy you back to robe you in righteousness, to bring you safely home. That's the good news. It's going to be messy at times. It's a messy story. If you're going to redeem a gomer, it's going to be a mess. And it's going to, you're going to be misunderstood. There's going to be scandal maybe wrapped all the way through, but it's the scandal of grace. It's the scandal of a love that is so amazing, so overwhelming, a love that would seek us out where we were, a love that would send the very Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, co-equal with God from all of eternity, that he would come to you and to me, and he would seek us out, put himself on the auction block. Do you know what Jesus was sold for? 30 shekels of of silver, the slave price. And that he would suffer the judgment and the condemnation that you deserve so that he could give to you redemption. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Let's bow together in prayer. God in heaven, we are we're, we're Gomer. We've lusted, we've lied, we've stolen, we've murdered, we've coveted, we're Gomer. Father, thank you for Hosea, our Hosea. Oh, thank you for the love of Jesus. Thank you for what he was willing to suffer, the humiliation he was willing to endure, and all for love's sake, because he loved us. He loved us. 
Father, you so loved us. You gave your only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, and Father, help us to believe it today, to, to delight in it, to receive it to the bottom of our guilty souls this morning. Lord, and, and, and I pray for those who are in bondage to sin, that this would be the day where they are set free by the power of your good news. That they would see the foolishness of, of hanging on to their idolatry, which will give them nothing but death, and that they would come running to Jesus Christ, their Hosea, who promises only life. And Father, those who feel this, they've sinned too much, they've gone too far, and guilt and shame hang over them like a cloud. May that cloud be broken up and dispersed today, and the sun of God's radiance and love and grace would shine upon them. And Father, for all of us, oh God, help us to love Jesus. Help us to love Jesus and to share this glorious good news with the world that needs to hear. In Jesus Christ, we give you the praise.